Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. What time it is every time you hear this music, right? It is time for the Mom and Michael Hour with my son, Michael Battle, all the way from Los Angeles. It is my favorite hour. How you doing, son? I am fantastic. How are you? I've been thinking about changing your opening song, but I really like it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, all of the the opening song changes that have happened over these, what, 13 years, you have decided you've always made great choices, and I always love to hear what new song you're going to pick. So if you want to change it, go for it. Well, I want your buy-in on it. Well, usually you play something that asks me, like, hey, what do you think about this? And almost every single time I say, that's great. I think maybe only once was a song that I didn't think was really, really great. But you pick really cool stuff. <laughs> I love how you did that that dip. And, you know, that was really good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I won't know which one. I understand that. There is no, so much I, going I, on. I, I, I've... I've forgotten. I, 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 know, I know that there was a, some song at some point throughout the year that I wasn't 100% on, but I have completely forgotten what it was. So at this point, I'm going to just trust your judgment. Wow. A son that trusts his mother's judgment. <laughs> I just want to say thank you to all the little people uh, and the big people that made this possible. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Michael, there is so much going on, man. I talked to Alicia. Um, my friend in um, Alicia um, in um, my goodness in New York um, just trying to figure out on Long Island you know they said they were going to get hit by this what used to be a hurricane now it's a tropical storm but it is dropping a whole lot of water in New York and uh, she asked about you but she's doing fine and they're they're ready for it you know they're ready for it but man to know that we're we're back at it we're just it just doesn't seem to give us long enough of a respite does it no, you know, of course, we, we, we have the, the hurricane season hits every year, but it's gotten worse each year because of, you know, the climate change. Um, but, but of course, there in the Twin Cities, you guys are also still reeling from the smoke in the, in the area, as I was just speaking with Dan Cook about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it, it's, it's a bit different when you kind of get that uh, coastal experience where if it's not one thing, it's the other. If it isn't a hurricane or a tropical storm, it, it's a fire, uh, a, a, a snowstorm, or in our case, an earthquake sometimes. So, yeah, it can be a lot when these things kind of hit back to back, especially with these intensifying events happening, Not, of course, not just here in America, but around the world. It's so true. But there's one thing I think, well, certain things that I think is surprising that are hitting us now. In fact, um, I know you wanted to talk about that because you noticed that things are more expensive. I'm telling you today, your Aunt Javita and I went to dinner, um, and I won't say the restaurant, but we went to dinner, and she had an Asian uh, with an Asian um, meal with some rice, some coconut rice, and uh, water. And I had a mimosa with a Caesar salad, and it was delicious with avocado and bacon on it, right? And then um, that was it. That was it. It was like $76. Well, and I'm still I- trying to figure out how in the world is that $76? I'm telling you, so so I, I I I went to a restaurant with Joey on Saturday night, I believe that was, 
and I'll just say the name, it's called Tess. And I mentioned the name because it is a, a nicer restaurant here in Los Angeles. But I've been there for brunch before. You know, it's on Sunset Boulevard. It's in a brand new hotel. It's a nice restaurant. But, you know, I've been to a many nice restaurants here in Los Angeles, and I feel like I have a good sense of what it costs if you want to go splurge one night in, in, in a blue moon and have a nice meal. So um, we each had, uh, Joey had one, I had a few drinks. Um, and we shared a steak and I think we shared about five other small plates and then we shared a dessert, uh, and we split the bill after tip. Guess how much it was per person for this meal. You split the bill. So what? 80? It was $200 a person. What? (laughs) So, and Again, it's L.A., so each drink was $18. One of the drinks was $25, and the steak was 56 So I'm expecting, okay, this is clearly going to cost. I, I was prepared for like 100 You know, I, that, that's what a very nice restaurant in, restaurant in, in L.A. would cost you, between 100 to 150 per person. That's the expectation if you're going to go out for a nice meal in the big city. So that wasn't surprising, but $200 per person – uh, with tip, and we didn't even have the special, the most extravagant thing on the menu, which was a steak for I think 190. Um, and I, I had some some sticker shock, and I'm a person who been, who's been going to fancy restaurants in Los Angeles for a long time. I, I would like to save up and have really great food experiences, you know. Um, yeah, but this is more than an experience. This is highway robbery. I need to call the popo. (laughs) I'm trying to figure it out. And by the way, I didn't notice. See, this is what happens when you're talking to friends and enjoying yourself. And then the bill comes and I give her the money to pay for it. And she gives me the receipt that only says how much money I get back, but doesn't say what we had. But I saw the bill. It was 66. No, I'm sorry. Not 76, but oh yeah. 7149, 7149 total for a salad. And, and and an Asian meal. Yeah, oh, I mean, oh. for wait, what, wait, for wait, what you wait, 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 wait. I just lied. I'm so sorry. I was an accident. I forgot that I ordered calamari for us to share. I mean, but still, still, <laughs> for what you described—the drink, the salad, the one main dish, and some calamari—almost eighty bucks. That's a lot of money for all of that. In the same way that the few dishes that we got, plus a few drinks and one dessert. 200 per person after tip was a lot of money. But I mean, did the so, seat you sat in must have massaged your hips or something? I mean, I just you, need to know. That kept $200? $200 a person. And again, it was a beautiful restaurant. And we went there because they had outdoor seating and they had like big doors and the indoor area open. So you could kind of get some airflow, you know, with, with the Delta out there. I'm being a bit more conscious about eating in fully enclosed indoor areas, but I refuse to stay in the house. I still want to go out. So I said, hey, let's go to test. It was fabulous. Everything was absolutely delicious. But here's the thing. It isn't just because it was a nice restaurant. Obviously, we are, we are experiencing inflation that has been confirmed. It is happening. But, of course, the Fed is, is not concerned about it right now. Uh, it's, it's transitory, as they say. Um, and so hopefully it, w- it won't be a lasting issue uh, in our economy. That said, there has been a, 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 a market uh, difference in the cost of goods in the U.S., the cost of groceries, especially we're all feel, feeling that at the grocery store. Um, even at the higher-end grocery stores, the prices have gone up even more so there. Right. 
uh, and just for basic goods, clothing, uh, parents who are buying supplies for back to school, they're experiencing higher prices across the board. And so we, of course, are seeing that higher cost of, of food uh, get passed on to the customer. And all of those sectors, especially, uh, are rather including restaurants. So it, it's, it, it, it's shock, yes, um, but it actually is a higher price than it was before the pandemic. So I kind of had to pause and ask myself, though, is it? Is it the inflation? Because I imagine the difference in price on, on you know, a steak or some potatoes is not, is not going to be significant enough to cause a price hike uh, that severe. Or have we just forgotten how much things cost in expensive cities? Because we've, No, we've we have forgotten. So you had small plates for $200 each. Small <laughs> plates. What are we talking about? Can you get a chicken leg on that? I'm, I'm just wondering, how does that work? Tell me more. Well, so so the, the the biggest plates we had that there was the, the steak, which I think was sixteen ounces, and there was a lobster mac and cheese. Oh, well, um, what the heck are you talking about? A sixteen ounce steak you could eat for a week. No, well, no, no, sorry, fourteen, fourteen ounces. But we were no, no. You said sixteen. Steak. You don't want your mother to get upset, do you? Sixteen we ounces ounce steak, and we shared. We shared everything. We shared the lobster mac and cheese. Those are the highest price items on the meal and the largest pieces on the meal. The rest were moderate sized plates. Um, but you know, it, it must've been just the steak on that moderate size plate. No, I had a few sides that came with a steak and some salad and some fries, you know, so we well, had you a, might as well really... feed the children. I, I just need to know how in the world did you say $200 is a lot of money on small plates and you had a 16 ounce steak, 14 ounce and 14 ounces on a steak is not that big. I know your head is big. I was there. <laughs> so maybe you should measure. You know. <laughs> we were very hungry. Okay. I think it's a combination of, at least in my case, having gone out less and now returning. I mean, obviously, I've been going out for a few months now since things have been open, especially post-June 15th when things really opened indoors here in Los Angeles. And I think we're still getting... Uh, rather, I'll personalize this. I am still, still still getting used to going back out to these places. And in addition to not being used to the, the prices that come across the table at the end of the meal, um, not being used to the inflation that's now increased those already high prices. I have boots on. I'm, I'm, I'm ready and fortified. So you can say all you want to say about a 16-ounce steak on a, a small plate. You said we had small plates that we shared. It's like you both had a 16-ounce steak. Okay, no, let's continue. Let's... We, shared the, we shared the one, the one steak. We shared. Oh, that's, that's how it became a small plate. <laughs> well, it was amongst other small plates. See, see what's happened to me. No, $200, honey. <laughs> I don't understand it. You and your silver shoes are going to make a lot of money. Clearly, clearly. Clearly. You know, I, 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 I work, I, I have people that keep saying, like, oh, you're still wearing those shoes. I love those shoes. And I keep telling them, yeah, like I said, I'm going to keep wearing them every day, all season long, because they cost so much money. I better, I better wear them. Wear them you know how much, the, the most I've ever paid for tennis shoes or, or you know, casual shoes. Would you like to know? Yes, I would love to know. $300 from Schuler Shoes, and I've worn them once, and I realized how ugly they are. And I'm trying to figure out if I give them away, I want to make sure that, you know, someone could really use them. So I'm going to give them away. They, 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 they don't even look like they were ever walked in. Okay, so you know how I was saying I couldn't believe the meal was 200 bucks, and then I mentioned right. the giant steak? 
Right. So you were like the, the least amount I've ever paid for a pair of shoes. And then you said $300. I said the most. Did I say the least? I meant to say the most. No, the most. The most. Yeah. The, your $300 shoes are my stake. It's the same shock value. No, no, no. No, here, here was my need. Here was my need. Here was my need. I had had knee surgery on my left knee, and I needed shoes that would allow me to stand on stage for a while. And that would look good. And I don't know what was wrong with my eyes. They're the ugliest shoes I've ever purchased. But I paid $300 so that my knee wouldn't ache. And I wanted my knees to look good in reflective silver shoes. So we did the same thing. With steak on them. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right, Michael, let's talk about gas and uh, um, how much that's gone up. How much is gas for a premium today in L.A.? you know, out here, it's crazy. Gas is nearly $5 in most parts of Los Angeles. I think if you're going to be, yeah, it's between four fifty and 5 depending on the gas station, the part of town. So out here, it's really, really high. And again, that's because of inflation. I mean, yeah, the price of gas uh, nationwide is higher than it's been in quite some time. So we'll see what happens. Are they going to produce, uh, uh, you know, more oil to push the prices down or I don't know what they're going to do, but gas plus everything else we are experiencing is definitely changing my mindset uh, out here in Los Angeles. All right, let's talk about the Free Guy show, the movie with Ryan Reynolds. I love the trailer for this. I love the commercials for this. Yeah. Do we have Do we have to take a break? Oh, do we have to take a break, Dan? I mean, we certainly can. No, we don't. (laughs) But we don't need to, son. I'm sorry. Do you want okay. to take a break? Is there a need no, to no, take a break? No, no, it's usually about time, but I, you're right. I will follow your lead. Are your silver shoes calling? <laughs> they do have a phone just... call on the side. For that price, <laughs> they should at least. A USB port, some wheels, you know. Okay. I, I'm still waiting for shoes with a phone in them. What, what show was that? What show was that? Oh, Come on, the, wow. little, the little... Get Smart, wasn't it? Get Smart. Yes. Thank you. Get Smart. Yes. Yeah. Would you ever, if if they were invented, if we actually had a place to hide our cell phones so we just answer the phone, would you would you buy those? No, because there's an Apple Watch. Okay, <laughs> like, well there you go. <laughs> why I give would you up. Your phone in your shoe when you can just have it on your wrist? It's tiny and lightweight. It does all sorts of other things. I give up. Okay, Michael, we're going to take a break and uh, come back and talk a little bit about this movie you saw. We'll be back in a moment. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Mom and Michael Hour here on WCCO Radio, and I'm excited to introduce to some of you, and many of you know Michael Battle. He was here in town not long ago for about 10 days, and it was so fun, but thank goodness for FaceTime and and all sorts of technology that allow us to stay close to our family. And that has been so wonderful, Michael, during this whole pandemic, uh, making sure that we have an option, a way to reach out to our family. Um, I know you and I talked about Zoom, and people complain now about Zoom. It's like too much, too much Zoom. I don't want to do it anymore. But if it can keep me in contact with those that I love, I am just really grateful for it. What other types of uh, inventions would you say technology that has really helped us during this pandemic? Um, There's this brand new technology out there called alcohol. I think that's really (laughs) helped a lot of people. That's terrible, Michael. Through this time. It's difficult, you know. New. That's funny. funny. Although there is wine with bourbon barrel, 
Um, I guess the wine actually. Cooper and Thief. <sighs> yes. Cooper and Thief. Cooper. Oh, I I've heard of that, but I don't think yeah, I've ever so, had it. You have. So Cooper and Thief wine is what you're talking about. Well, it's, it's there's several brands out there like that, but it is a uh, a, a red wine that's finished aging in a a, a bourbon, bourbon barrel, right. and it's so it's delicious. And then they also have. Uh, bourbons that are finished in a wine cask, and my favorite of those is Angel's Envy. Uh, really great, all those. Oh wine my God! Can end. you see your fingers when you drink that? No, it's it's actually it's the alcohol content is, is a bit lower. It's really really just the, the flavor profile that comes off of it afterwards. Oh, but last thing from the restaurant. So one of the drinks we had was a special drink on the menu, and, and when they bring it to you, it's in a, it's in like a, a glass. How do I describe? Not not a candle holder. But think of like a foot-tall, foot-wide glass cube with a handle on top, right, with okay. a door. And they bring – I'm sorry? Go ahead. And, and they bring it to your table. It's completely filled with smoke, like hickory smoke, and they, they, they create this really uh, uh, flavorful smoke inside of the glass box. And you open the door, and all the smoke wafts out, and your drink is sitting inside, and all those – uh, um, smoky flavors are now infused into the bourbon old fashioned that's inside and it has like a fruity cherry orange liqueur base to it. So you get all that, you know, uh, uh, taste from the smoke infused with the citrus and it was delicious. It was amazing. That's a very LA thing to do. I feel like, or, you know, any major city, even, even Minneapolis where, you know, certain restaurants want people to Instagram their food, Instagram their drinks, and kind of talk to their friends about it. So they, they do these presentations that are kind of out of this world that everyone uh, on, on social media and even just those in the restaurant um, look at you and go, ooh, what is that? You know, and of course they want to order it. And what, what flavor was in the smoke, you said? I don't know exactly. I think it's like a hickory, like they, they, they create it with herbs and, and different slices of wood to give those flavors that complement the uh, flavors in the drink. So I'm not sure what they put in it, but it smelled great. It was delicious. And our shirt smelled like that smoke the rest of the night. Just think if it was hog head cheese. Okay, with that, we're going to take a break. <laughs> we're going to take a break. <laughs> and next thing you'll hear is the weather, of course, and we'll be back in a moment. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Welcome back, everyone. We are, you are listening to the Mom and Michael Hour. It is my favorite hour on Sunday night, and I hope you are enjoying it as much as I am. And as you heard Michael and I talking about how much money things seem to cost right now, it's so true. When we were finally saying it's time we don't have to wear masks or it's time that we can start getting out and again, you know, you start to realize how much things cost, and it's very true, Michael. Um, I have noticed it as well. Other friends of mine have noticed it and complained about the prices of things. Um, but we survived so far. Um, are you very concerned about the variant, or are you just living your life the best you can, masked um, and being careful? Uh, very concerned. And first, well, first of all, I want to backtrack and just mention, you know, we're, we're noticing the rising cost of things that we are able to purchase through privilege. So I, I just want to make sure that I communicate so the 
the the you know blatant context of yeah I get to go to a fancy restaurant oh it costs more but I realize that is a deeply privileged perspective to have whereas so many Americans are just struggling to buy food up to put on the table to feed you know to feed their families the, the three regular meals a day so that said no I'm extremely concerned about the Delta variant I, I know several people not even just here in Los Angeles, but uh, family in other parts of the country who have gotten it, breakthrough cases, even, even though they have a vaccine, as you and I have talked about. Thankfully, because they have a vaccine, uh, it, it stopped them from going to the hospital and, it, and they didn't get seriously ill. So, no, it's a real concern. Um, and employers out here in L.A. are still deciding, are people going back to the office? Are they not? I would prefer the latter, <laughs> you know, or are us going back to some hybrid as opposed to being in the office every day. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me right now. Um, but it, it, it's concerning not just because of it being a new variant, but also just that politics are still playing such a role in something that is scientific. Um, of course, we're seeing that in the South right now. As we all know, we're hearing lots about that, where people who didn't want to get the vaccine are now dying again. And so it's, it's yet again become uh, something that is uh, more than political. It's life and death. And yet somehow it's still tied to politicians and their lies. And I think that that's deeply unfortunate and sad. So much in our country has changed because of this pandemic. In fact, around the world, other countries are saying the the same. And I know you went to go see a movie called Free Guy with Ryan Reynolds, and you really enjoyed it. Um, and, and you also mentioned to me that you believe we will never see huge opening weekends again. But it seems like the weekend for this movie called Free Guy was really great. Was that not a huge opening weekend? Well, first, I'm not sure if, we, if we'll never see them, but I do wonder if, if the opening w- weekends we're seeing um, as theaters have reopened post or at this point in the pandemic, I should say, if those will be the norm as we move forward. So Free Guy opened last week into tw- uh, to $28.3 million. This is its second weekend and still top of the box office, $18.79 million. Those are strong numbers for a film coming out this whole summer and, frankly, again, since movies reopened. Those actually are really, really great opening numbers compared to the other big blockbuster films that have come out and are trying to garner audiences to come back into theaters. Um, To uh, a point point of interest here, uh, Free Guys only in theaters, whereas other big blockbuster films like, like, like Black Widow, um, F9, et cetera, were, um, were both on streaming services and also in theaters. So if you want to see Free Guy, you have to go see it in theaters and don't have a at-home streaming option. So whereas Black Widow had a lower opening weekend, much lower, in fact, the second lowest in the entire Marvel universe, uh, it made over $60 million on Disney Plus just in its, in its opening weekend. Yeah, but so, if it had been in the theaters, maybe it had done much better and only in the theaters right oh no it would have if it had been only in theaters it's opening weekend i'm sure it would have opened to 120 plus million dollars and right. held the top spot for two three four weekends and scarlett johansson would have made you know 50 million dollars plus from her back end point and uh but none of that happened which is why she's suing disney as we've discussed and why this is really a, a top of mind topic here in, in hollywood right now is how how are studios going to release their content in the future and how is it going to change um, the, 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 the metrics, the, the numbers, the, the financials around how film is made. But my question is really about how we perceive opening weekends. And so to give some context there, for the past, well, really since, the, uh, since Star Wars, since the late 70s, 
uh, once once we started talking about blockbuster films, and really Spielberg kind of is the one that ushered in that term, and, and people would talk about those movies that would come out in the summertime, a tentpole film, as you as, as they're called, and uh, would open to huge weekends, make tons of money, and that would be the the tentpole in in the revenue chart of, of, of the studio um, that they would kind of base everything else on. It was holding up the profit margins of the studio for quite some time, but in the seventies and eighties. Uh, and even into parts of the early 90s, a film wasn't expected to make you know, ha- half of its production budget in its opening weekend. It could open to a strong opening that shows that there was initial excitement for it. And then it could take weeks, or as they say out of here, legs, because it kind of walks forward. It would have legs, and it would stay in the top ten for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, as both uh, new viewers came to see the film because of word of mouth and great buzz, and also people returned to theaters to go see it because it hadn't been sent to Blockbuster back when that was a thing. Oh, you know? wow, yeah. <laughs> so I think when I was a teenager, I saw you know the, the Star Wars episode one and two in theaters multiple times. I, I waited in line at, at Harmar Mall for three hours to see Lord of the Rings one and two multiple times in theaters. I saw Titanic four times in theaters at Harmar Mall and Rosedale Mall. That was how it was. So these films could make enormous sums of money, but it was always expected that those revenues would be achieved over time. Now, since, you know, mid-90s going forward, the expectation is, okay, we're going to put Will Smith in a movie. It's going to come out on July 4th because he always does a great job there. We're going to do ID4. It needs to open to, I don't know, pick a number, $100 million. Great. Now that it's made that much, uh, it, it, each weekend thereafter, it's going to have a multiplier where it goes down, but we'll, we can predict how much it'll make the rest of its run. And we never expect it to make as much as it did in the opening weekend. But the payment for a star is based upon how much money they can bring in in that first weekend. So the whole Hollywood ecosystem now uh, relies on the box office from you know five to three days when they when that film first comes out, and then wow. after that it's it's your lasting power. So your 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 green light for your budget, the stars that are cast, the content, all of it is based upon what you can do in one week's time or less. But now that people are watching movies at home, people are, are afraid to go to theaters because of the, the Delta variant, et cetera. Um, or, or they have kids that can't get can't get the vaccine. They just aren't quite comfortable taking them out yet. We have big films like Free Guy that I saw opening to 28 million, and then second weekend 18 million. That's a very minor drop from 28 to 18, and the percentage drop in the second weekend is important. But 28 million is what you would normally see for a small, low-budget indie film. Right. I was going <laughs> to say that because Ryan, you know, he's he's pretty famous, but he's a rom-com kind of guy. This was really no. a, a no. He's well, I'm, I'm, dead he's. Old. That's true. He's Deadpool. But what I really want to say is that um, this movie he did is definitely an action movie. And so you loved it? Absolutely loved it. That's the best part of this story is this is one of the best summer movies I have seen in years. It's an original concept. It's kind of like this generation's uh, version of the Truman Show. He is hilarious. The script is fantastic. The action is bombastic and out of this world. It is hilarious from beginning to end. Beautifully done. I I love this movie, and audiences around the world also love this film. Now, 
here in, in the U.S., it's, it's made over 58 million so far. Worldwide, it's made over 111 million. Those are really strong numbers. I don't know how much the budget was in this picture, but given the level of special effects I saw in theaters on the big, big screen, I'm guessing they spent 150 million dollars plus making this film. So when you have a film that big with a, you know a P&A, a printed advertising budget, <clears throat> as high as well, a film like this would have. Normally, you need to make three times your production budget to be- begin making a profit on the film. Um, so you can do the math, 150 times three, and it's made 111 so far. This film still isn't profitable. But wow. if it stays in theaters and people keep going to go see it slowly but surely, and it has you know legs like movies did in the 70s and 80s, maybe it could make $500 million if they just leave it in theaters for the next six months. So I'm wondering, will that be the future of of a film like this, where audiences love it, it just takes them more time to see it, and theaters then give us that time to make sure that these films can hit their their ultimate box office receipts. Wow, it's really incredible. And you talked about children going to the movies. You know, Lin-Manuel Miranda came out with this new movie called Vivo, um, a children's movie, and... I think it's a children's movie. It's common. It uh, the rapper Black Thought, the rapper, um, they all have this new song too. So, anyway, I just let me let me stay on one thing at a time. I've been doing this all night. Lin Manuel Miranda did a movie, wrote a movie called Vivo, and of course, children. It's better served when they're in the theater, but they've been watching streaming at home. They're used to it, and it's not easy to make the money when it's just streaming. You need people to go into the movie houses, right? So children can't be vaccinated. So all these movies like Despicable Me and Boss Baby and so many others that had huge numbers, right? Um, Lego, huge numbers. We don't. We may not see those kind of numbers for children's movies because so many of them are staying at home to watch. True, but but they're staying at home to watch. But some of their parents are paying a premium fee on you know streaming services like Disney Plus to watch those films. Uh, Vivo is on Netflix, so that one's free. Um, and I think Despicable Me may have been on HBO Max. I don't know about that one. Point is, w- when a film like that cuts a deal to be, to be on, on a streaming service, especially one like Netflix, Netflix is paying out deals in anticipation of what the actors and, 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 and uh, directors, et cetera, would have made if it was in theaters full scale. So for the artists and for those that made the film, they're still making huge amounts of money when they sell that film to Netflix as opposed to putting it in theaters. And that these films are going in theaters at the same time that they're going on streaming services uh, is, is working out for studios, not necessarily always for actors. So that kind of goes to my earlier point. It's a really complicated landscape when it comes to the financials around, around movies right now. And to your point, yes, it's going to change what we do see in the future. I like, I'm sure we'll see more sequels, but, but the budgets for those sequels, how they come out, if they're on streaming at the same time as in theaters, or, or if they're only in theaters for a locked window like Free Guy is before it goes to a streaming service, all of that is up in the air. And it's just going to depend on how we, the people, react to these films coming out in theaters right now. Wow, it's really incredible how much the industries around the world have changed so much because of this pandemic. Boy, if people are not paying attention to that, I feel for us. Okay, Michael, we have to take a break, and we'll come back in just a moment.
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <laughs> oh, I love this song. It is now 10.50 here at WCCO. My goodness, how the time is flying as we wrap up this hour with my son, uh, Michael Battle. We call this the Mom and Michael Battle. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, the Mom and Michael Hour. And uh, it's my favorite, that's for sure. Michael uh, it's remarkable how things seem to keep rolling and moving along with this pandemic. You know, we never seem to come to a full stop anymore. <laughs> and I'm just wondering if that's going to continue or are we going to have to stop completely before we um, can heal as a, a world, uh, you know, throughout the world? I mean, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to continue uh, in, in this sort of up and down bizarre world that we've been in as long as people don't participate in the process of helping their, their fellow neighbor. So uh, translation, as long as people continue to, continue to not get the vaccine, yes, we're going to have waves of COVID that are, are going to keep going. Um, and they'll be in different areas and have different effects. And then, you know, around that's just the U.S., around the world, of course, uh, most people are less, less vaccinated than they are here in other wealthier countries. So, of course, additional variants will continue to pop up around the world and then spread here and elsewhere. And then who knows what's going to happen? I mean, scientists have predictions and I'll leave those predictions to them because they know better than I do in this case. But uh, I'm not encouraged that we're going to have a COVID free world, but I am encouraged that with more and more people finally getting the vaccine, we could have a world where fewer people are dying from COVID. Oh boy, wouldn't that be wonderful? You know, the State Fair has all of these great concerts and I wonder, would you go to a concert or have you been going anywhere, like an outdoor concert even, um, since the pandemic has started slowing down? Haven't been yet. Definitely will go. Guess who's performing at the Greek Theater next month? Oh, it's got to be our guy, Rufus Wainwright. It is. Rufus Wainwright <laughs> coming to the Greek. How and, about that? And speaking of prices, like we were earlier, I, I, I called my friends. We have two friends that love, that love him also. I said, oh, well, you know, the four of us should get a box at the Greek theater, the fancy seats, you know, we can right. order some wine and draw the show. And you right. have to email the Greek to get a price. And I emailed them and they said, yeah, the box is $1,800. And I just gagged. I just $1,800? <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. What, what, what? For four seats, what? And we all were like, no, thank you. So <laughs> Take back the shoes. <laughs> right, you know? Life goals. And so now, next time I'm at the Greek Theater, actually, when you were performing at the Greek with the prior home, it would have been interesting to see, you know, go up to those that were in the box and go, hey, you paid a lot of money to see this show. Thank you. Thank you for coming to the Greek. I thought you were in the box once. I it was, was down front. No, no, was no. There was... Michael, you and Joey sat with his parents. I thought that was in one of the boxes. Yes, that was, but the yeah, key part okay. of that sentence is his parents. They paid for that. Yeah, but I just want you to know that stake you had could have helped you pay for that. So, Michael, coming to Minnesota, <laughs> coming to the Minnesota State Fair, the largest state fair in the country, 
uh, is TLC and Shaggy with special guests Bone Thugs and Harmony. Wow, taking it back to the 90s all the way with those three. Wow, Bone Thugs and Harmony. I haven't heard that. Crossroads, 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 Crossroads. Yeah, yeah, that's them. I know them. I was in middle school when they hit. I'm so sorry about that. Also, the spinners are coming with special guests, Little Anthony and the Imperials and the Grassroots. I had said that to someone the other day. They said, I thought Little Anthony was dead. Lord Jesus. Goodness. Apparently he's not. Don't know. I don't know what people are talking about. But the Spinners, I had a, t- a chance to uh, share the stage with them once. Uh, Doobie Brothers, 50th anniversary tour featuring Tom Johnston. Michael McDonald is actually coming, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's pretty That's pretty awesome. And a special guest from the Dirty Dozen Brass Band, Tim McGraw. I used to think I wanted to marry him. Uh, he is coming. <laughs> With special guest Midland. He's the one that's married to Faith Hill, right? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, he is. He's the one. He's the one. But the tickets keep going up higher and higher, depending, you know, what group it is. And then Chainsmokers with guest star Gashi, G-A-S-H-I. Do you know who that is? Nope, but I'm guessing that young people do. Yep, I'm guessing the same. And I love it that they're bringing stuff for young people. And then um, they have music, movie, and a conversation with Kevin Costner with special guest Modern West. Kevin Costner, isn't he the one that was with Whitney Houston in the, the Bodyguard? Uh, you know, I've never seen that movie. What? I know. I know. My son has never seen that. I know. I've seen the video and I know all the songs. I'm with well, a big song. I've never seen it. But you know what? I found out yesterday that Joey's never seen Dune, the, 80, <gasps> the 1984 version of Dune. Because I was saying how excited I am for the new Dune coming out this winter. And he was like, you know, I've never seen the first one. And I screamed. I screamed. So uh, <laughs> we're definitely going to watch that at some point this week because he needs to see it. I so agree with that. I just finished talking about Dune today. Um, who was I talking to? Oh, Mom and and Uncle Fred and, and Luana. And we were talking, and I said something about, um, you know, they have these new, you know, technology sometimes. And in 84, it was that suit that they wore to go through the desert and uh, or through the dunes, and it had this uh, um, plastic, it looked like straws that kind of, you know, looped around inside of the suit, and what happened was it would turn your urine into water, and I actually saw a show that was talking about that not long ago and how that is definitely on the horizon if it hasn't already arrived, but Dune is one of my favorite movies. I think it's so special, um, and to make sure that creatures had a whole lot to do with the success of this particular tribe of people it was just beautiful yeah it's an imperfect film and i've also i've never read the book which i've heard is way way better than the movie and the tv show that spawned thereafter in the early 2000s um but i do love that film and again i'm wildly excited for the new one and i hope it is uh even greater than the old version yeah the only thing i didn't like about that first one in 84 was the guy that flies around I thought it was cool, though, because it just it added to the whole mystique. And he would always be like, oh, you can't watch this scene. This is gross. But then later on, I watched it, and I was like, this is no big deal. No big deal at all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I totally, totally disagree with that. But okay, son, I'm not going to argue with you. So what's on the horizon for your week coming up? Work, 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 and some more work. But I can tell you what it's not going to be is any more fancy restaurants. I'm back on a budget. 
we're going to be saving because I'm sure I'm going to want to go do something else nice in the future. I'm going to ask them to tell me exactly what the bill's going to be because just about, I was like 70 something dollars. Are you kidding me? Anyway, it's always a pleasure to have you on, Michael. I love you so much. And um, the time that we have together on the radio is just a gift. So thank you, WCCO. And Dan Cook, um, he hasn't been on the show for a long time. I think it was 2020, uh, early 2020, last time he had you on, Dan. Yeah, and he's in seminary as well, Michael. So guess, I mean, just think about that. He is just, he's getting a Master's of Divinity. I am so excited for him. So there you go. You take care of yourself, son. I love you. You too. Love you too. All right, and Dan Cook, thank you so much for all that you did tonight. I sure appreciate it. Oh, you're and to welcome. all those that listen, we love you here at WCCO, and thank you for taking the time to listen. Good night, everyone. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.